What's up, everybody? Happy Friday. NFL news breaking all over the place. We got Case Keenum being traded from the Denver Broncos to the Washington Redskins. Woo-hoo-hoo. I'm Will Brinson. I'm your host. This is the Pick 6 Podcast, CBS Sports' daily NFL podcast, Monday through Friday. Sometimes when they're big events, we change our plans, like the combine rolls up. We do seven days a week. Draft, seven days. Free agency, we'll probably do extra little pods if something crazy or big happens. And in fact, for this very podcast, we had recorded, myself, John Breach, and Ryan Wilson, recorded a whole thing. It's like 50 minutes long. Odell Beckham chatter, some other news, Josh Rosen rumors, some free agent preview stuff. And we're going to get to that. But because we care too much about this show to let you not get that Case Keenum news, John Breach is joining me now to break that down. What's up, buddy? Man, Brenton, I feel like we should start the podcast with a moment of silence for Redskins fans. Just maybe really? let them go take a shot of vodka or something because this is just – they are on the train to nowhere with these quarterbacks. See, I disagree. All right, and look, again, so John and I are going to yell about Case Keenan for like 10 minutes, and then we will throw it to the rest of the podcast. So uh, it will be some sort of weird noise that Debo, our producer, will pop in there. But I disagree. I, I like this move by the Redskins. I think this is a smart move for a team that, and look, I don't, I don't, I don't think you're wrong. The Redskins are in a bad spot with their quarterback position. Um, Alex Smith, who they traded for and then gave a big contract extension to, probably might never play again. That contract was stupid. The trade was good. Getting Alex Smith was fine. The contract was idiotic. I don't mind this because, uh, I mean, according to a report from Mike Kliss of Action News 9 in Denver, um, couldn't you see Cliss like doing some sort of anchorman type of skit with like action news nine? Um, the, uh, part of the deal is that the Broncos are paying Case Keenum a, they rework his contract. The Broncos are giving him a $500,000 restructure bonus and will pay three and a half million dollars of a seven million dollar salary. So Washington is getting Case Keenum for a sixth in 2020. That's a throwaway. Um, and then, uh, paying three and a half million dollars for Case Keenum. That's a great deal. Case Keenum. Uh, okay. So Prisco, this is because Prisco always says you can't, a guy is so bad. You can't even trade him away for a ham sandwich. And like the Broncos <laughs> didn't even get a ham sandwich here. You know, this is, <laughs> they got they got, they're to pay for a half eaten ham sandwich. <laughs> yeah. That's exactly what they're getting. They are paying the Redskins to take Case Keenum. So I. I do agree in the sense that the Redskins aren't giving up a lot. So in that sense, if Case Keenum wins more games they did last year, then it's a success. But, you know, the Broncos look dumb. The Redskins don't look great. But if you're, if somebody says, here's a starting quarterback for free, you can't turn the deal down. Here's my thing too, is that the Redskins had Smith, who we don't expect to play, right? And then they had Colt McCoy, who's coming off a broken leg as well. Cause remember they had to throw Josh Johnson in there. So they have Josh Johnson. And then they had a situation where they were probably going to either have to sign Nick Foles, sign Teddy Bridgewater, um, or trade for some veteran or use their first round pick on, on a, on a, on a quarterback and start that quarterback out of the gate. And to me, that is an absolute disaster waiting to happen. If you, if you have to draft Daniel Jones 15th overall and throw him in the starting lineup, I think it's the worst thing you can do in that situation. So from that perspective, look, they might not end up starting Case Keenum. If they don't, it's a three and a half million dollar, you know, tire fire. That's fine. The Redskins are a two billion dollar tire fire. Who cares? I mean, I, I just think it's a good, cheap insurance policy that gets them back to basically where they were with Alex Smith. Yes. And, and I should be clear that I do, I hate this trade for Redskins fans. This would not excite me at all. I would be, 
I would cancel my season tickets. I would not even watch their games next year. But <laughs> I do like it from the point that the Redskins obviously had to bring in a quarterback. They're only paying him $3.5 million. He's obviously a stopgap. And, and uh, as long as they don't go 2-14, and 14, you know, it's not a horror. The, 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 the 2019 season is basically a throwaway, so it's just like – this is better than, say, trading draft picks for Josh Rosen. This is better than uh, going out and mention, signing one of those guys. You mentioned Nick Foles or Teddy Bridgewater for $20 million a year where you're just wasting money. So this is maybe the best of a bunch of bad options. Exactly. That's sort of my thing. It's like if, you, like if you're the Redskins, you know next year you're screwed at quarterback no matter what you do. Like there's not a – there's not a, okay, we can make something weird happen and, and fix this situation. You're, you are, you're putting a, um, like what, you're like a, like a, a band-aid on a bazooka wound is basically what you're doing. I don't know if that's a real phrase, John, but that's, that's what they're doing. Like, you have an injured Alex Smith, you have a terrible crop of free agent quarterbacks, you have a worse crop of draft quarterbacks, you don't have any skill position guys, cause Jordan Reed is always hurt, Josh Doxson is okay, Jameson Crowder is leaving a free agency, um, you got Darius Geis coming back from an ACL, but your returning leading rusher, who may not even be on your team, is Adrian Peterson. You have a good offensive line, but it never stays healthy. You gotta just gotta slap something in there um and hope that it works and and in worst case scenario you fall in love with the quarterback of the draft class and you get him actually worse and then maybe the best case scenario is your team stinks and you get a top five pick because that that's their problem breach is that if they were if they were a really bad football team last year they'd be able to take kyler murray or dwayne haskins they don't, they're not going to get that option it's like drew lock or or daniel jones and i think if you end up in a situation where you have to take one of those guys and start in week one that's where the worst case scenario really unfolds i, I to me the, the bigger not loser here but john elway like he's paying four million dollars for case keenum to go away after he's paid 30 million dollars for one year of case keenum to, and, and like, there's a good chance. I mean, I would say it's like 50-50 that the Redskins win more games than the Broncos next year. Well, you know what the funny thing is? Like, can you imagine Case Keenum's agent on this phone call? Like, all right, I'll agree to your dumb trade, LA, but I want $500,000 extra thrown in for restructuring this contract. That's a half million dollars. <laughs> We're literally doing nothing. Uh, and the Broncos agreed to it because they wanted to get rid of him so badly. Like, that blows my mind that he was able to squeeze an extra half mil out of the Broncos. And then the other part of this is, and again, it goes back that's to like, how much like, that's how much like each episode of this podcast costs to produce. I mean, it's insane. <laughs> I mean, I'm not cheap. You're not cheap. So exactly. it, yeah. it's understandable. Wilson does the podcast for like $10. So it's right, 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 right. Yeah. It's not his yeah. fault. No, I mean, you and I are what, uh, 400, we're each like $299,995. And then Wilson is $10 for each episode. He doesn't know it. He'll be so pissed off when he finds out we're making, uh, whatever that math was, the 200, or 249, I guess. Um, the, uh, the other, the other thing I thought that was interesting that, uh, Sean noted in his article about this on CBSSports.com, that, that it likely takes the Redskins out of the running for Josh Rosen. I would actually disagree a little bit. I think, I think that they could still trade for Josh Rosen. What I think this does is, um, sorry, I was making sure we got a CBS Sports alert. I was making sure it was the, uh, not the, um, something new on Case Keenum. It was just the, re- the report of it. But I think on this Rosen thing, it actually gives them a little bit of leverage because before they're the team who's like, ah, we're kind of screwed here. And, and, and Arizona might be able to say, listen, you want Rosen first or second round pick. Now you can be like, look, we'll give you a third for him, 
That's all we're doing because we got Case Keenum, and we know that doesn't sound like a good thing, but that's what we're riding with. What are our fans going to do? Get mad that we stink? We stunk for 20 years. I mean, I, I just feel like the Redskins leveraged themselves up a little bit. Like, Nick Foles' agent can't play the Redskins against the Jaguars now. You know what I mean? Like, they, right, they, right. T- they take themselves out of being leveraged heavily by getting Case Keenum, even if he's not the ultimate in, you know, in solution. Yeah, but if you're the Redskins front office, think about what you're trying to sell your fans right now. We were too cheap to keep Kirk Cousins. Oh, but we're going to trade for the guy who lost his job to Kirk Cousins in Minnesota. You know, like the Vikings clearly think that Kirk Cousins is better than Case Keenum. And now here the Redskins are in some sort of time is a flat circle, twist of fate, stuck with Case Keenum. Uh, it, it's so the irony. I, I, was trying the irony. To, I was trying to do the merry-go-round. So Keenum left... So, but now here's, all right, so here's the crazy, all right, you're right, it is insane. So, RG3 and Kirk Cousins were on the Redskins. RG3 is now on the Ravens. Joe Flacco was on the Ravens. He's now on the Broncos. Case Keenum was on the Vikings. He's now on the Redskins after being at the Broncos. Like, these three franchises just, like, swung quarterbacks around left and right in a game of musical chairs. There's some weird – you could do, like, some sort of weird diagram for it. I can't wrap my head around it entirely. But um, certainly, if you wanted to, you could you could piece that thing together. All right. Any other thoughts on this Case Keenum trade as we head into the weekend? I don't – I don't. you know, it, it stinks that – it sort of unfolded on on Thursday night because that's the last shot we have to record this podcast. Um, if something crazy happens, we'd probably record a Saturday show. Uh, but a- any other thoughts, Breach? Uh, here, my question to you, Brinson. Mm. In the NFC East, which includes oldly and crippled Eli Manning, uh, just crippled Carson Wentz, <laughs> and I'm about to get $30 million Prescott, where does Case Keenum rank in the quarterback tree? That's a great question. Great question. Uh, I think the first quarterback I would take in that division is Carson Wentz. Um, then Dak Prescott. I might take Dak over Wentz. It's very close. Uh, then I would take Case Keenum over Eli Manning. I would rather have, uh, I'd rather have, uh, Case Keenum than Eli Manning. There I said it. I, look, I don't think it's crazy if the Redskins had a decent free agent period and a decent draft that they could win that division with Case Keenum. They almost won it with Alex Smith. I mean, the Cowboys could the Cowboys could easily regress, especially if this Demarcus Lawrence thing goes sideways. Um, the Eagles don't have Nick Foles to bail them out in multiple games anymore if Carson Wentz isn't completely healthy, and the Giants appear to be organically tanking, whatever that phrase is. So I would, if the Reds, I, I would bet if you were in Vegas and the odds are not up on, on division titles yet because we haven't seen free agency of the draft. But after the draft, I bet the Redskins will be about 15-1 to 1 to win the division. And I wouldn't mind taking a shot on that. Maybe I'm a sucker doing it a second year in a row, but I, I think I, – I don't think the Redskins I, – I, I, like, I like this move because it basically gets them to where they were, add some playmakers, add some defensive guys. you got a shot here. Yeah, and I think you hit the nail on the head. Look, with Alex Smith, they went 6-3. and three. If Case Keaton plays – like Minnesota Vikings Case Keenum and not Denver Broncos Case Keenum, then maybe they do have a shot. So I don't think you're uh, completely leaving by yourself in Crazyville by saying that. So, yeah, I agree with you, Brinson, and we have a lot of free agency to get to, so we should stop dilly-dallying, right? You're right. We should throw it to ourselves and Ryan Wilson (laughs) to break down free agency and the rest of the news around the NFL. By the way, we're now on Spotify. You can go check us out on Spotify. Just search for Pick 6. Be careful. Apparently, uh, two things that show up when you search for Pick 6 are adult-themed podcasts. So, but hey, 
Maybe you want to get What are in. the themes? I don't, that's, curiosity. that's Ryan Wilson, John Breach, also here on this Friday show. Uh, let me fire it up and, and see. Azer, Adam Azer, our podcast, um, consigliere. What do we call him? What's the, uh, what's his title? Overlord. Eh, I wouldn't say overlord. Uh, underlord? I don't even think you need to tell us. I probably already subscribed to these channels. So let's move on. I want the people knowing what I subscribe to. Okay. All right. I'll look it up and tell you in a second. Actually, you know what? I don't think I have Spotify on my new computer. So, uh, I won't look it up, but. Just be careful when you when you look for pick six in uh, in Spotify, you can end up finding some adult themes. Uh, we'll have some adult themes on this show later. Oh yeah, and I love Brinson is subtly throwing in the fact that he gets a new computer as the host of the Pick Six podcast. He gets a new one every three weeks. Is that right, Ryan? Um, yeah, I noticed that humble brag. I that's in his contract. Okay. See. Oh. Oh. See, this is the Sexuality Shows podcast. True life relationships. Oh my God, this is extremely adult themed you can learn you know what i'm not even gonna i can't say this i can't i mean i guess it's technically the scientific term but it's it, the the episode 35 is t- entitled mastering oral sex so there you go can i say uh, that well, this, this is a fantastic tease because now everyone's gonna go to spotify to see what exactly you're talking about they're like well while i'm here i'll go ahead and subscribe to the pick six podcast well this i really brilliant i Listen. think what the like another like I guess what it is is like sex and six are close enough that they're the algorithm is bringing that in like I can't imagine why pick six would um would uh would pop up there but if you just google pick if you just look for pick six in Spotify we are the first option there the pick six NFL podcast so jump on that if you do Spotify I I might switch over and start doing podcasts on Spotify it seems like a fun way to consume an awesome medium anyway let's get to Ryan, your little faces. People, we're gonna, eventually this podcast will be on video and you'll be exposed as the sarcastic clown that you are, my friend. Okay, he just, he keeps muting himself. It's just, just doesn't know what he's doing over here. You're still in muted. Defense, Ryan, you're still Ryan, muted. In, in Ryan's defense, he did drive nine and a half hours from Indianapolis to New York on Tuesday. Uh, so I, I don't, I'm surprised he's even awake right now. I love driving. No, it was fine. There's a bunch of issues. I had to beat a snowstorm back. I couldn't change my flight, which was not leaving Indy until like seven o'clock at night. So uh, me and John and Dave so who, so who drove more? Before. Who drove more around the combine? You or Breach? Because Breach drove down to Indy, back to Nashville, back to Indy, back to Nashville. But you Breach drove, drove from more. Indy to Syracuse. Yeah, no, but Breach, what are you laughing at, Breach? You drove 16 hours. 18. Well, my bad. I drove nine. <laughs> so Breach won. Mm, nine, this is nine hours and 45 minutes. That would imply that you were speeding the whole time, Ryan. <sighs> my breach mood. also had to sit on a wooden box to drive, too. I didn't have to do that. What? Short joke. Oh, okay. I was like, God. By the way, I, I will say this quickly, and this is Breach's joke that I stole for HQ. On the, on the last day, uh, Monday, we were there with Dane doing videos all day. We both wore sweaters and ties. Mine was dark. His was light. And uh, EK, Eric Casilius, when we did the hit mm. line later, said we were a boy band. Mm. And this is the name that, that Breach came up for so that I stole and used. Baldy and Shorty, which I actually sort of like. B&S. I like that. I can get down with that. Um, speaking, you know who's not bald? You. I'm not bald. I got great hair. You know who else has great hair? Charlie Casserly. Oh, boy. <laughs> That's a great segue. Uh, thank you. Charlie Casserly, I don't know if it's his actual hair. He does have great hair, though. And uh, he's been in the news 
because Breach, as you wrote about on uh, Wednesday, he came out and he – and look, this is not going to be a Kyler Murray show. We're going to get to a free agency preview, but this is in the news. People don't DM me complaining that we talk about Kyler Murray too much. It's freaking Kyler Murray season, S-Z-N, as the kids say. Uh, at any rate, Kyler Murray's – Charlie Cashley comes out with this report on NFL Network and says that he talked to personnel guys and that Kyler Murray has leadership. Bad. Uh, and I, I, I read the thing, I think, uh, I read the, the thing with, while I was podcasting with Sean and we tried to play a clip of it. We couldn't find it. At any rate, he bashes Kyler Murray, but then breach Kyler Murray's agent, Eric Burkhart, gives some comments to PFT and my God, he burned him to the ground. He took a blow towards the castle of his hair. He's not going to have any hair after this because <laughs> that is how ridiculous this was. I mean, here's the thing. It's a uh, fire retardant hair, John, but go ahead. <laughs> but it might be, it might be. Uh, but you know, Brits, you said it. He said the leadership, not good. Study habits, not good. Board work, not good. Now, this was my first NFL combine. Charlie Castley has been to way more than I have, but leadership doesn't feel like something you can measure during a 15 minute interview at the NFL combine, you know? So like, I, I get the other things him at least saying that if he heard it, but the leadership thing didn't make sense. And Burkhart, man, if I was a college prospect looking for an agent, I am dialing Eric Burkhardt's phone number because he went to bat for Kyler Murray. He just tore Charlie Casserly to shreds. I mean, my favorite part was that he, he pointed out the fact that Bill Belichick once made fun of Casserly. Uh, he pointed out the fact that Casserly was 18 and 46 as a general manager with the Texans. And he just kept pointing out that Casserly has basically spent his whole professional career as a general manager striking out, especially at the quarterback position. So, I mean, Burkhart did his homework before dropping this quote, and he left no stone unturned. Here's the uh, here's the full quote, by the way. Uh, I'm not going to – first and foremost, Kyler's a great person, first human ever drafted in the top ten in two major sports leagues, and he means he will eventually be drafted, of course, uh, in, in, in football. Um, so what do I think about an agenda-driven analyst who's never even once talked to Kyler or any of his coaches or teammates? I think it's disgusting and embarrassing and casually should be ashamed of himself. Further, my business partners and I personally represent coaches and executives who sat in on eight of Kyler's ten formal combine interviews. I spoke directly to each of them as well as executives from the other two teams and many others who I don't represent but were present. And all of them were extremely positive about his entire interviews with each citing specific examples as to why. And then he really uncorked. The bottom line here is that it calls into question the motives of a man to get on national television and cite anonymous anonymous sources on things such as leadership and study habits about somebody he's never met. Look, if you don't like Kyler's game, it's cool. If you don't like his size and want to talk about that, that's fine too. If you're into a Heath Schuler type looking guy, then hype those guys and say why. Casually, of course, drafted Heath Schuler. But when you slander the character and work ethic of a young man who's worked his ass off his entire life and done everything right to put himself in his current position, you'd better cite your sources and come with a better record than 18 and 46 as a GM of the Texan and whose own leadership and accountability has been questioned by his old bosses and colleagues as well as the greatest coach on the planet. Boom. You know who the real loser is here? Everyone having to listen to me read that? He's Schuler. Guys, mind his own business. <laughs> 20 years after he retires. So, wait a second. I'm going to name check it. It wasn't all entirely my fault. They maybe were number 21 or whatever at, at Tennessee. How many times have I told the He's Schuler Macaulay story on this podcast? I don't think I've heard it. Oh, wow. So, I'll tell it very quickly that you can dive back in. He's Schuler, um, I think he was maybe mid playing career. Macaulay, my, the school I went to is in Tennessee. Everyone there is Tennessee Vols fans. He's Schuler, a great Tennessee player. So, they invited him to come speak at, at Chapel one day. 
And he goes up and he does an anagram for Macaulay, like, men, uh, you know, courage, accountability. And he spelled Macaulay wrong. Well, you that's why he just got name checked by Eric Burkhardt. That's right. So anyway, Ryan, as you were saying. Oh, by the way, I was uh, I talked to a former GM not, not named Charlie Casserly, and he was explaining to me how this interview process works at the Combine. Basically, you have 10 minutes, two minutes meeting and greeting with everyone, shaking hands. And it's really hard to tell anything about a person, apparently, unless you're Ja'Kai Polite, who immediately rubbed everyone the wrong way. But if you love Kyler Murray or you love Heath Shuler or you love any other quarterback, you bring him in for a private workout, and then you kick the tires on him, you know, up one da- up one side, down the other. And last week when we were um, – and Andy, with, with Brady Quinn, our guy for CBS, he was telling me the private workouts is where he found out everything about a quarterback especially. So I understand, you know, this is the time of the year where you smoke screen and all the other things you do that may or may not be true based on who's talking to you. But I think Eric Burkhardt is exactly right to support this guy, and it's sort of hard to fathom that we don't know that um, Kyler Murray can do board work well or, or not based on, you know, Screaming hair going off on, on NFL Network. Um, yeah, so that, that's uh, that's the big news story. I like I like it. I think it's again. You're right, Breach. If you're if you're a potential prospect and you see that this guy's going to get your back no matter what, um, you you were going to be interested in signing with him. And I think that is a that's a big plus. The other big, I don't want to call it news because it's not news, but there is a serious percolating rumor right now about the Cleveland Browns and Odell Beckham. Uh, multiple Browns players tweeted like mysterious things. Uh, multiple Browns reporters tweeted serious things. There's It's legitimate buzz that the Browns are thinking about trading Kevin Zeitler. Zeitler or Zeitler? I'd never get this right. Zeit. Zeitler. Kevin Zeitler and multiple picks to the Giants for the services of one Odell Beckham, which would be, I mean, on a scale, I would. Do you think I would be allowed to put shocking in the headline for this? Yeah, of course. You could. Okay. You could still breaches go to. What's the other one he uses? That he used in the Ram story. Drastic. 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 Yes. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. yeah that's, right. that's the one. By the way, My John. Word, John, yes. you your name didn't get used, but your story got cited on Pardon the Interruption yesterday, or Wednesday. What? Yeah. They're like nice. CBS Sports yeah. reported sim cell stuff. I was hoping if they said John Breach, I would have recorded it. But I mean, like that's like after, a before or after you threw your tele, your shoe at the television. Oh, uh, after I was I was I was like I was like because they were talking about Todd Gurley. I rewounded. I was like, if they say Breach, I swear to God, I'll rip this television off. No, uh, I would have been well, for you. Well, thanks for texting me and letting me know, Brinson, because I did have a few friends who did text me and let me know and say, hey man, they're talking about your stem cell report, and so I ended up DVR the late version. Uh, after they let me know, of which you were not one of the people that let me know. Well, they but they didn't say John Breach. They just said CBS Sports. Yeah, but that's still cool. Yeah, it's cool. I mean, it's not the same. Hey, by the way, what are the what are the Giants doing here? If they're getting rid of Odell Beckham, so, what's the plan? So I actually, out there by himself? I actually have a theory about this. It's they're trying to – they are taking their resources and they're funneling them towards – one thing, which is appealing to the generic Giants fan who loves Eli, 
doesn't like Odell, defends the Saquon pick, wants the team to suck the next year or maybe two years in order to get Tua or uh, – Who is that? It's like three people. You no, know, it's everybody. It's all these – they're like, Saquon was a great pick. He transformed the offense. You don't know what you're talking about. And they want Eli to ride it. They want Eli to ride it out, get one more year out of Eli, draft Tua or draft Trevor Lawrence a year after that. And so this is like organic – it's organic tanking. And who's all in on Eli and who wants to go not only tank for one year, but possibly two years? No, no, no. no. Everybody, no. everybody hates Eli, but they don't want to see Eli get cut. I'm telling you, this is like, this is like the prototypical Giants fan. This is what they're trying to do. Okay. They're trying to appeal to this fan by giving it one more shot with Eli, but not really with a fully loaded roster. And then if he sucks next year, you got an excuse to move on. You can draft a quarterback. You have Saquon. Maybe you draft somebody like Jawan Taylor in the first round of the 2019 NFL draft. So you got Taylor, Nate Solder. Kevin Zeitler, uh, you got Will Hernandez. You got a rebuild offensive line who can rush, who can who can open up holes for Saquon. Uh, you draft a receiver with the Browns pick, that 17th overall pick. I'm telling you, I just think that's what they're going to try and do. And I think it would make that's idiotic. I, I, I'm not saying it's smart. I'm just saying I think that's what we're going to do. And it would make the the ownership groups happy because they're tired of Odell Beckham and his shenanigans. John, what do you uh, think about all this? Well. Here is the thing I think about this. Now, you guys know that I worked yesterday, March 6th, and if there was any way I could have turned Odell mm-hmm. Beckham to the Browns into a story, I absolutely would have put something out there. And the thing was, you know, I did my deep search where you look at why did these rumors start? How did they get out there? Because it all started a span over, say, 24 hours, March 5th and March 6th, right? And the best I could tell was that someone tweeted – Demarius Randall and said, oh, the Browns got the best trade ever when they got Randall for Deshaun Kaiser. And then Randall called John Dorsey a genius, just kind of out of context. And so then other Browns players started to respond to that and saying, oh, yeah, it's amazing. Something big's going to happen. And then everything blew up from there. So does that mean the trade's going to happen? I don't know. But if the Browns do get Odell, sign me up for uh, Browns. The Super Bowl in 2019. I, when I, so like the rumors were sort of floating around and I was like, man, I should write something about this. I was like, ah, yeah, I was like, ah, it's not really enough. I was like trying to figure out how to like, Kate, like couch it into like an actual story. And then I like logged in, I like got into Slack at like 2.30 or like 1.30. I was like, saw like Breach pop in. I was like, ah, no, I'm backing down. I'm going to see how he handles this. Cause if he can write a story about it, he absolutely will. And yeah, look, it's total conjecture. One thing I would say too is that if there is a legitimate chance of this happening, this leak is not coming from John Dorsey and the Cleveland Browns. Because John Dorsey kept the Baker Mayfield stuff on lockdown until the day of the draft. The morning of the 2018 NFL draft, Baker Mayfield was somewhere between three to one and eight to one to be the first overall pick. You could still bet on it, uh, offshore, I believe. And. <laughs> Sorry. Or you shouldn't bet. Or you shouldn't bet. I'm laughing. <clears throat> as you're talking, Brinson, I see Prisco tweeting and he says, can I hate can I say that I hate paper straws? Yeah, it's like I thought he got hacked or something. Like Dave Richards stole his <laughs> and Twitter. Someone again. says, "Yeah, it's like drinking through a rolled up newspaper." I mean, what are you doing, Pete? Oh, I, Pete needs a new form of social media, like something he can spew his inane thoughts at. Like I would kick there. It's he like, needs Vine. Too bad Vine went away. That's perfect. Uh, or good. maybe you get pod first go on the podcast tomorrow and talk about paper straws for a half hour. I'd listen to that. So, Saturday, Saturday, what do you think he's doing right now that he's so angry at paper straws that he had to tweet about it? 
By the way, I will say this too, like people trying who, to drink a protein shake with a paper straw <laughs> is what's happening. People who are mad that maybe like the last couple of days of the podcast were a little bit not disjointed, but it felt like we were sort of repetitive, like talking with Brady Quinn about the stuff. It's we also did, you know, we do the Friday, Saturday, Sunday show. Like you do the shows throughout the weekend. We did all those shows at the combine, and so it felt like we took a granular dive on each of the positions every day. And then I, I don't know. That's the most takeaway was like when you do the show seven days in a row. You sort of lose, I don't know, you sort of lose some of the rhythm that you might naturally have. So that was, that's my excuse for that. But paper straws, uh, you know what else sucks? Straws in general. Who uses straws? You're a grown ass man, Pete. Drink out of a cup, not a straw. My son drinks out of straws. He's five. The straws are the high chair of the drinking industry. And Pete, uh, guys, I'm not going to lie. I'm a straw guy. Wow. 100% I, I do that. My wife is a straw. Girls are straw girl. Like all girls drink out of straws, I guess. Breach, you, you would, you strike me as a straw guy though, because you, like, I don't know if people know this. They probably don't. Why would they? But when you go to a bar, you pick out the biggest frou-frou drink on the planet. Like it, like it, like Prisco accused, Prisco accused you of like running up a tab because you ordered this like pink martini. He's like, wow, this guy's really taking advantage. He's like, no, I just thought this sounded like a cool drink. So I ordered it. Look, I don't have pink martini. The ingredients at home. I don't have blue curacao at home. I can't make a blue drink. If I'm going to get that at a bar, I'm going to get it at a bar. Good for you. That's, With a straw. That's a good point. Yeah. With yeah. a straw. Anybody can drink bourbon at home. It's not hard to do that. Exactly. By um, the way, this whole Giants thing sounds ridiculous. I mean, you're an idiot if you're trading Odell Beckham and having no idea what your, your plan B is. What's your percentage it. on it? Three. <laughs> I'm going to say 17 and a half. Wait, is that to the Browns or just Odell just traded overall? Just traded. Just traded. Because I think trade overall, I'll go up to twenty five. Okay. Yeah. I just think that. I think. Look, if you okay, we're not. Nobody's trying to say that this would be smart, right? What I'm for the Browns, not for the Giants. Yeah. Hell yeah, it's great for the dude. The Giants will be annihilated for this trade if they don't. If they get Kevin Zeitler or and like if it's a if it's a Kevin said their fan base would love it. They will be annihilated by like the media if they trade. Oh yeah, but you made a good point about how it would be good for the Giants in the long run, even if they'll get annihilated in the short term. Well, so but like think about it like this: if you you know that you're stuck with Alec Ogletree on his contract at least for this year, Um, you know you you let uh, you let Landon Collins walk, right? And Mm -hmm. you're in this position where you've signed like you just your roster's bad. You're not really competing. They can get out. They could actually get out of – yeah, so, like, they could get out of Ogletree's contract right now, but next year they save $8 million in cap space. Um, I, I just think they are setting themselves up to, like, try hard but also be bad and then replace Eli in a better quarterback draft while accumulating as much talent as possible and, and seeing if it works out. And, I mean, who the hell knows if it will, right? I, I mean, it could – It won't. No, it probably won't. Um, dude, it's entirely possible that Dave Gettleman doesn't know what he's doing. I mean, I was getting blasted by my friends for having defended Dave Gettleman when he was in Carolina uh, just last night. They were like, you were, you missed. You whiffed on that, bro. It's like, I don't know if I whiffed on it. But, um, also in trade rumors, Josh Rosen. See, we can't help it. It's, it's all the – there's a – let me, let me float this one at you. This is a crazy one. I was uh, at my old man's soccer league last night, and one of the guys, was, he's a Steelers fan, said to me, what do you think about the Steelers trading for Josh Rosen? It's a great idea. It's a terrible idea. What? Why? <laughs> they just drafted Mason Rudolph in the third round. Why don't you just trade Antonio Brown straight up for Josh Rosen? That's what he said. And I said, that's, that's stupid. That's a great idea. 
Why? You have Mason Rudolph. Who thinks Mason Rudolph is good? Aside from Chris Trapasso, who I love, but had him as his well, number one quarterback. The point is that you don't, how many backup quarterbacks you need on a team? And this Roethlisberger out of spite won't quit for five more years. Trade for Josh Rosen and cut Mason Rudolph. You get a fifth year option with Josh Rosen. You don't for Mason Rudolph. You're, it's a waste you're trading of- Antonio Brown anyway. There's no money left on Josh Rosen's deal. This, we need to hire this guy from your soccer league to work for us. I'll tell him he that. He could be I our see. draft expert. Does he do podcasts? Yeah. He will if I tell him that someone agrees with this idiotic idea besides him. I think it's a great – okay, what what's, would you rather have the a third-round pick from the Raiders or Josh Rosen? I would take Josh Rosen if you could flip him somewhere else, but I don't know if they can do that. Bring, put him in your system for a year, build him up, let him sit behind Ben, and then flip You're him next year. You've got to work about wasting that third-round pick on Mason Rudolph, which Roethlisberger predicted last year. He goes, why are we drafting this guy? Well, it's because you're because you keep waffling between retirement, Ben. No, I understand that, but his point was that if, if assuming I'm going to stay, why don't you get someone that can help me immediately? Uh, I asked this. I asked this to Sean Wagner Guff yesterday. Are the Browns the clear favorites in the in a AFC North at this point? Yeah, we've been saying that for weeks. Okay, I don't know. If, do you agree with that, Breach? Um, as much as I hate to admit it, and I really, really hate to admit it. Yes, because the, the Ravens are might be terrible this year. The, the, the Bengals might be the, terrible. I mean, the, the Bengals the definitely could win this division by four games. Yeah, I I think I'm I'm going to tell everybody this right now, listeners of this listeners, um, if you find it in, if you are your able, heart. what in your heart? No, if you find it with your with your guy, your local guy, or your you know you shouldn't be betting offshore with local guys. You should only be betting legally. If you were able, however, to bet at any point on division odds, I think this is the play, and you see the Browns as favorites and the Steelers not as favorites, bet the Steelers. Like, if you can get the Steelers at plus 130 to win that division, I mean, the Browns, there's two, the expectations are too high on the Browns right now. I just could see something going, like, a little bit sideways. I could see that, or some crappy injury that doesn't help them out. But on paper, they look pretty good, especially how they finish the season. Freddie Kitchens, no Hugh Jackson, Baker Mayfield. But also, it's not even that their expectations are high. It's that the rest of the divisions regressed. So it's been like a combo of the Browns took a baby step forward. Everyone took five steps backward. And so now that's where we are. I also think, and I, this is, I don't even know if this is a bold prediction. Juju Smith Schuster. Oh my God. You guys just drank, took sips of your drinks at the same time. You guys are like NBA, twi- like NBA teams and- sitting next to each other. You didn't know that. Um, we hung out for eight days. That's true. You guys are best friends now. You should get your and own we're podcast. Hand, we're hand twins. Hand twins? Oh, you didn't see that? Oh my god, you guys are creeps. Um, I would, uh, I, I'm gonna say that Juju Smith-Schuster will have a better year than Antonio Brown next year, and that James Conner will have a better year than Le'Veon Bell next year. That one's good. The first one, I, I'd be careful. I'm we gonna, don't know what Juju Smith-Schuster's gonna do without Antonio Brown. No, that's, that's true, but we don't know where Antonio Brown's going and who's gonna be throwing him the football. Yeah, I hope it's, um, actually, who do I want throwing in the football? Blake Bortles, wherever he ends up. That's you wanted want to be Josh him. Allen. He'd hate that. He'd hate exactly. Buffalo. That's why you sit in the Buffalo. You call the Bills and say, look, we're not getting crap for Brown, okay? This is going poorly. Give us your third-round pick. We'll give you Antonio Brown. I don't know if Brandon Bean would do that. Probably not. Maybe fourth round? Oh, my God. I mean, come on. We can't just give him away. Got to get something. <laughs> we. Um, so the Josh Rosen stuff. I like the Steelers' idea. The the latest rumors that the Cardinals quote have not shopped him. Um, so so like, here, let me ask this before we get too far. Yeah, I'll ask both of you: Are they trading Josh Rosen? 
Mm, yes. No. I just don't know what's going on with all this Kyler Murray talk. All right, here's my here's my theory, and here's where I am on this. Because uh, four and a half hours to think about it from Indy to Nashville after we had talked about it all weekend. So here is my thing, is that Steve Keim is still the general manager. He picked Josh Rosen. Not only did he pick Josh Rosen last year, but he traded up to get him. So obviously Steve Keim likes him, and it's going to take a lot to get your front office, your general manager, to get rid of the quarterback they were sold on the year before. Now, not only that, but you have Cliff Kingsbury, who had a losing record in college, got fired by his alma mater, that guy has to come in and convince Steve Kahn that, hey, not only is my offense going to work in the NFL, but it has to, it can only work with Kyler Murray. So you have to talk Kahn out of Josh Rosen and into Kyler Murray after they just drafted the first round quarterback last year. I think unless somebody offers a first round pick, like if I'm the Cardinals, I, I, I just don't think they're going to make the trade. I think they're happy with, happier than they're letting on with Rosen. I think if somebody blows them away, they'll make a deal. And have Kyler Murray as that fallback, but I, I would be surprised if Kyler gets traded or Josh Rosen gets traded. All right, um, let's do some free agency talk, and we will dive in for. Actually, we're gonna take a quick break, and then we'll do some free agency talk. The perfect combination of versatile athleisure and training apparel has arrived, thanks to the visionary minds of New Balance, Clutch Athletics, and Rich Paul. The designs reflect the heart of the athlete and the spirit of the community. With rising defensive stars Will Anderson and Chase Young on the roster, Clutch Athletics brings the best innovative gear to all athletes, giving them style and performance on and off the field. Learn more and purchase Clutch Athletics at NewBalance.com. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash recommend today. All right, so here's the deal. We're going to look at uh, the various free agency positions. Free agency doesn't open until the 13th. It's hard to believe the new league year is already around the corner, but the legal tampering period is from March 11th through the 13th, and basically the legal tampering period opens at the Combine when agents and uh, coaches and players and everybody there is there. Um, starting with the quarterbacks, I'll ask you first, John Breach. Where does Nick Foles sign? Because the Eagles decided not to tag him. He's a pure free agent. Where does he sign, and how many games does that team win? Uh, I think I agree with uh, whoever Philly.com or whoever put out that report that he's going to go to Jacksonville. Less that balance. sounds like a hundred percent lock because the thing is, if they had tagged him, that throws a wrench in things because Jacksonville is just salary cap hell. It's a total nightmare. I don't know if they could have squeezed twenty five and a half million dollars on a one year deal into their salary cap, but you know now that they can sign him in free agency, they can kind of push down the road. It becomes a lot more possible. So I think he goes to Jacksonville. And I think the Jags win eight games. How about you, Ryan? Yeah, Jacksonville seems to be the primary landing spot. I don't know what they're going to pay this guy. And they'll probably keep them from drafting a quarterback, which seems insane to me. Maybe they're having they're on the same conference call with the Giants. And I think Breach and I were talking about this last week. I think Nick Foles is worth about 1.5 more wins than Blake Bortles. If that's worth 15 to $20 million, 
knock yourself out, but I, I don't know how this solves any problem short term or long term. I mean, what if you play six games and then what? And then where are you at? <laughs> Trade for Josh Rosen. What about Teddy Bridgewater? Where does Teddy Bridgewater go in free agency? Because he's the other big name. I mean, he's the only other name. I let, we were reading your free agent quarterback previews, Ryan, and it was like, not everyone's going to be a Super Bowl champion. Like on like the third guy who's <laughs> just destroying this group. Oh, right. Yeah. yeah. I think last year, Teddy Bridgewater was in the conversation with Jacksonville and they re-signed Blake Bortles, which actually in I our conversations, apparently Jacksonville hates Teddy Bridgewater, which good for you. You don't like Teddy Bridgewater. You like Blake Bortles, Jacksonville. Okay. I'm sorry. I'm not going to sit here and take crap from Prisco and Jaguars fans and Dave Caldwell staring me down at the combine because I said the Jaguars <laughs> should trade for Teddy Bridgewater. It's not my fault. You drafted Blake Bortles. Leave me alone. There's also some talk that the Saints might want to keep him, which I actually sort of like. I mean, he gave a third round pick for him last year for a one year deal. If I'm Teddy, I would stay in New Orleans. That, absolutely. You can share time with Taysom Hill. You don't take, you know, no wear and tear in your body whenever you get that job. Even if you sign a four-year deal, who cares, man? You're just hanging out waiting for Drew Brees. And if if Brees retires, then you all of a sudden open yourself up for a a big landing spot. We mentioned Antonio Brown. We didn't mention Le'Veon Bell, though. Uh, I wrote a best landing spots for Le'Veon Bell story that came out on Thursday. It is an excellent story. I got to say, I put hours of research into it. Talk to people oh. around the league, et cetera, et cetera. No, I'm just kidding. I just guessed his best five spots. Um, I mean, I did, I did, you know, you do, you hear chatter, but, uh, I would say. I appreciate your honesty. Nah, I just guessed. <laughs> well, I mean, I just think there's some obvious teams and I, I think, I don't think anybody knows how this market's going to shape out for Le'Veon Bell. We haven't seen a running back like him hit free agency in the modern era where he is a valuable, worthwhile investment in my opinion, but he is a running back. You're going to have to pay him a ton of money. You need a bunch of cap space. You have to have an opening on the depth chart. You have to be a little bit desperate to win right now. And, you know, you probably have to have a young quarterback who needs a little bit of an outlet weapon. That's why the Here, top let, – yeah. let me and Breach guess the top places. Breach, Ooh. you go first. Uh, you guys didn't need the rundown. Am I guessing – my guess would be the Raiders. The Raiders are on the – all right, let's do it family feud style. Breach is up first. Ding! You got it. That's right, one. I'm going to the Jets. Okay, well, technically, Breach is supposed to keep going until he misses, but that's fine. Oh, you only hit five. Uh, yeah, right. That's how Family Feud works, man. Have you never watched Family? You've never watched Family Feud, have you? Of course, I have. With Richard Dawson, you don't remember Richard Dawson. My uh, little tiny microphone. That's why I did that. Uh, yeah, I know what you're talking about. Ray Combs. Ray Combs. Yeah, that's how I remember. That's how you. Rest that's in, a, rest in peace, Ray Combs. That's how you try to figure. That's how you determine how old somebody is if they know Family Feud by Richard Dawson or Ray Combs. Um, or, all right, Sean great, Kate, forget millennial Art. generation. That's yeah. a great way to do it. Uh, who do you? Who do you have next, Breach? Jets and Raiders are both correct. Um, 49ers. That's correct. That's three. All right. Oh, yeah. Breach, well Breach gets to keep going. I'm dominating you. All right, so going to go all Breach. Breach now. gets to go. If he gets the next two correct, then he wins. All right. Yeah, I don't have any more guesses. Uh, There's only 29 other teams. Well, who else has a lot? The Colts. All right, Ryan, you're oh. up. Yeah, they're not using money on that. On that, you guys won't get one of mine. That's, yeah, but it's a yeah, Christmas. Well. He always likes to go a little crazy. Ryan definitely cute. Well, here it is, is. the Patriots. That's a good guess. Though. I like the Patriots. Uh, the final two answers are the Buccaneers, who don't have a ton oh, of cap, don't have a ton of cap space, but they really need a running back help. Um, 
David Johnson was fantastic in Bruce Arians' system. I think Le'Veon Bell would be great in that same sort of role oh, yeah, as good. a pass-catching running back. R- Ronald Jones and Peyton Barber on the depth chart. They need somebody to help out Jameson's, uh, Jameson's, Jameis Winston's uh, short yardage completion. Uh, it's in Florida, so you don't have to deal with the state income tax. They don't have a ton of cap space, but they could cut Gerald McCoy, JPP, and uh, potentially even um, one more. Already cut Benny Curry. Yeah, they cut Vinny Curry, but there's somebody else they could cut. To, oh, Deshaun Jackson would save him $10 million. No dead cap space for any any of those three guys. Uh, and then the final landing spot, Baltimore. Spite play by oh, the yeah. Ravens. I like, yeah. oh, I like, I like the that. idea that, that they've seen Le'Veon Bell. They need help in the running game. And I think Le'Veon would actually be a really good, like, Lamar Jackson wildcat weapon. You know what I mean? Yeah, but here's the thing. John Harbaugh said last week or the week before that Gus, Jack, J- Gus Edwards is their guy. He makes $45 an hour. Do you want to pay somebody $15 million a year? No, absolutely not. The Ravens are in a weird spot, though, man. I'm telling you, their, their roster is very bizarre. Uh, all right, moving quickly, along. What's, yeah. what's the over-under on Le'Veon's salary, annual salary? Twelve. That would be hilarious. If he makes twelve a year, get... that's, that's a loss for him. He should have taken that franchise Well, absolutely. Tag. I mean, how much do you think he's going to get per year average, Brenton? I'll say 14. With the that's first... still less than what the Steelers offered twice. With the first three years guaranteed. I think he's going to get 12. The, the best the part about this guaranteed. is, though, he loses money on the back end, but he had a whole year of water skiing, so that's the upside. <laughs> yeah, that's true. It was a lot of fun. He stayed healthy for a little bit longer. Uh, wide receiver position, really crappy wide receiver group in free agency. No offense to these guys, but it's just not good. Golden Tate signs with blank, John. Uh, I'm going to go with the Patriots. Yeah, I'll leave it's, it to my answer. That's just a perfect fit. Like, everything about it is – Perfect fit. Golden Tate even said he wants to play for the Patriots, so all they have to do is if they make him anything resembling a respectable offer, which isn't a guarantee for the Patriots and they lowball everyone, but anything respectable, probably not even Golden Tate's asking price, I think he'd say yes and he'll sign. So seems I'll, like a lot, I, right? I, uh, my answer that Breach stole, I'll go with this one, the Colts. Huh. I actually like the Colts. I think it would be a good fit with T.Y. Hilton. I'll tell you this. The wide receiver that no one's talking about, that people should be talking about, Jamison Crowder from the Redskins. I feel like he is going to be a value signing. I can see him going to the Patriots, actually. Uh, because, you know, even though he's a little, he's better than Philip Dorsett. He's, he's more similar to Julian Edelman, if anything, but I, I, the, secretly, I think the Redskins training staff is really bad, and that's why everybody's always hurt. And, <laughs> oh, it's training staff. I think the whole having issues. What's well, like? How many years in a row can you lead the league in adjusted games lost to injury? I mean, like, I mean, it's, I don't know. Where are they at? Two. That's that. That doesn't. Uh, that's not how it works in the NFL. Um, and I will say that. Uh, oh yeah, Ryan. Question for you as the draft analyst on this podcast: Since this class is bad, do you think it leads up to more guys being drafted in the first round? And would you take the over or under on two and a half wide receivers being taken in the first round? Uh, I like the over, I think. That's a good, that's exactly where you want it, two and a half. I think I saw that somewhere, maybe. I don't remember. If, if I'm the, sure. the, the Bills at number nine, I'm taking DK Metcalf. Problem solved. I mean, you need DK. Well, threat. Metcalf is going in the first round. So the question is, are two more guys creeping in? I think, uh, Paris Campbell catapulted himself to the first round with that 4 3 1. Wow. 40. Had a great season. It, he doesn't run deep routes, but he runs underneath stuff. He makes a lot of sense for Oakland, maybe at their 27th pick. And then there's Hollywood uh, Brown. We have to see if he's healthy. There's Kellen Harmon, your guy, who I like, but ran a 4-6. Riley Ridley needs to have a much better pro day than he did at the Combine because here's the great thing about Riley Ridley. is The way he played, It was he's a great route runner, didn't catch a lot of balls, but he ran a 4-5-8. But when you look at his mock draftable, 
Juju Smith-Schuster, James Washington. Mm, that's a good so, comp. You like seeing that. Yeah, absolutely. So uh, there, there's no guy, Akeem Butler, who's six five and change, ran a 4-4, four, four, something insane. So, yeah, I think three guys can go. But um, Terrell Williams is a guy, the Chargers, who's going may, to maybe the most popular wide receiver free agent. I know the Raiders are interested in him. They're also interested in Antonio Brown. But even the Raiders are like, you know what, Antonio's kind of crazy. Maybe we should look elsewhere, and I think Terrell Williams could be that guy. Uh, no worries. Uh, let's see. Tight end. Jared Cook, a legitimate – I just read a text that said, no worries. Sorry, I don't know why I read that. Honestly, what are you talking about? No <laughs> why aren't the Raiders re-signing Jerry Cook? Do we know? Uh, we don't know. We Why did they trade Khalil Mack and Amari Cooper? <laughs> and cut Bruce I mean, I've got a lot of questions if we're going to start talking about questions about the Raiders. Why do the Carr brothers all block Brinson on Twitter? Because <laughs> <laughs> um, they hate me. Because I rip them constantly. And they're soft as butter. I mean, look, Jared Cook is 31. He's old, so maybe the, and he wants too much money, so maybe the Raiders just don't want to pay an old tight end. Antonio Brown's 31. By the time he gets to Oakland, yeah, Jared Cook will be 32 by the time the season starts. So maybe they're just saying, you know what, we're going to go younger, uh, and we're not going to keep this guy who's going to be 32, and we're not going to give him millions of dollars. I could. But that also... is the best tight end, right? In the tight end class, it's a horrible tight end class. No, what? No. In the, oh, oh. Tyler Eifert's right in there. Not he... not the draft class. The. Uh, the free agent class. I would, yeah, the free agent class is not great. I would, if I'm the Raiders, I would much rather draft Noah Hawkinson, Noah Hawkinson, Noah Fant or TJ Hawkinson at 24 if one of them is there. Hawkinson um, probably won't be there. Fant might be. Yeah. But you got to draft defensive guys too. So you can't take a wide receiver and a tight end and, and as Breach pointed out, replace Khalil Mack if you don't draft a defensive end. Yeah. The problem for the Raiders is that at four and like four, 24 and 27 are great picks in this draft. But if you want one of those tight ends or one you of the get Irv Smith maybe at thirty five, yeah, because they have that pick too. So. I can see Irv Smith going in the first round too. He could. Um, all right, I I don't think they pay Jerry Cook a ton of money, but I think Jerry Cook gets pretty good money in free agency because the class is not great. Uh, but the Packers wish they'd held on to him. Would you gamble on Tyler Eifert? That's a breach. That's a question for breach. I mean, what kind of gamble are we talking here? Because I mean, like, look, here's the thing: is he's injured every year. But the one year he was super healthy, 2015, Dalton's pseudo-MVP year, he had 13 touchdown catches, which was a huge number. So I think if you gamble on him, you have to be very creative with his contract. Be like, look, Tyler, we'll give you a $2 million base salary, and then we're going to pay you with roster bonuses based on how many games you play and also maybe how many touchdowns he scores. Just It's going to have to be incentive because the guy is just – I mean his back – his legs, nothing on him is healthy. Yeah. His neck, his back, his neck and his back. <laughs> you get that? I, yeah, Ryan. Wilson, are you talking, are you on Spotify again looking up Pick 6 podcast? Is that? <laughs> no, that's, a, that's a Friday. That's, did you here? see? I think a line for Friday. I think, uh, I don't think it is. For, of course it is. Uh, it was something else before it was the line from Friday. My neck, my back? Yeah, what, <laughs> what follows after that? Oh, you're thinking my neck, my back. No, 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 my but, neck and my back. Yeah, no, but you in know the, what? In the convenience store, Ryan, you're in over your head here, pal. After <laughs> my neck, my back, my. In fact, with, with Chloe, your Chloe Kardashian. Hosts. Yeah, yeah, I don't, Chloe, know, I don't know that. Chloe Kardashian, I think, tweeted out something related to that. Yeah, well, too. Friday came out in 1995, so yeah, but, I my quote precedes whatever Kardashian. Oh, here's what I wanted to ask before you guys put your minds in the gutter. Uh, but also, you get off the podcast. Just Google Kia and her song, and, and you'll get to the oh, bottom of this. Is okay. that is that how early 
2002 was yeah, Kia see, song. 1995 was Friday, so I win. Was Friday 95? Of course it was, and I I will accept your apologies without you saying it. All right, word. Ryan, you yeah, you're correct. All right, all right, that's fair yeah, enough. Thank you. Good job, Ray Combs. Um, <laughs> the move, moving along. Ray Combs out here. Look, let me ask Bruce this question. <clears throat> um, Tyler Eifert. Would you, Breach, who seems to hate Andy Dalton for reasons that I can't explain, give up a third-round pick for Josh Rosen to the Bengals? Okay, let's just uh, – I don't hate – I am pro-Andy Dalton. I am Andy Dalton's number one fan. You just said pseudo-MVP year, which is disrespectful to Andy Dalton and gingers everywhere. Who won the MVP in 2015? No idea. No, I was saying Andy Dalton was a pseudo-MVP of the NFL. Where he should have won, it, except he got hurt trying to chase down your boy. Uh, oh, stuff. After, after, okay, but anyway, would if you're the Bengals, you trade a third round pick for Josh Rosen? I think the answer to that question is yes. Cam Newton MVP yeah. in 2015, by the way. Yeah. Okay. Up, maybe yeah. shouldn't have won. But yeah, so 2000 <laughs> third round pick. So you know what you do because it's so cheap, and also Dalton has a cheap contract, and you could afford to have both. And if Rosen outplays Dalton, boom, you have a new start, starting quarterback. If you don't, then you have trade bait to use down the road because you have Rosen under contract for three more years. So I, I don't hate the idea. Didn't the okay. Bengals make the – 2015 is the year where they had the meltdown against the Steelers, Well, John was right? crying in the hotel room watching the game because A.J. McCarron. A.J. McCarron was the quarterback in that game, though. Andy, I, it wasn't, I thought the Bengals were going to lose by three touchdowns because McCarron was quarterback. Andy Dalton had a really good year that season. Um, yeah, great year that year. 25-7. and seven. 3,250 passing yards in just 13 games, 8.4 years. Yeah, it was the best season of his career. Like, he's he's been great when Tyler Everett's been healthy and bad when – that's why the Bengals should draft a freaking tight end. Draft Fant or Hawkinson and see what you can get out of Andy Dalton. And I mean, if they're at 11, they better take Devin White. That's all I'm saying. I, they have I a few holes. I would agree with that. That's not a terrible pick. Um, okay, moving along to the offensive lineman, Trent Brown. What do you think about Trent Brown? Excited. I think, I think this is the fascinating thing about this offensive line class is Trent Brown, who was traded for nothing to the Patriots by the 49ers, Juwan James, who's a former uh, second round pick, uh, Daryl Williams, sort of out of nowhere for the Panthers, became an all pro at right tackle, and then Mitch Morse, who may or may not be a real football player that plays interior offensive line. Those guys are all going to get crazy paid. Donovan Smith, instead of getting franchise tagged by the Bucks, got a three year, $41.25 million contract from Tampa Bay. Uh, People don't necessarily think that Donovan Smith is great, and yet he got a ton of money. And offensive line is tough to teach in the modern NFL, so these guys are going to make massive contracts from the teams when they hit free agency. Would you want to pay any of these guys, Breach? Uh, yeah, I'm going to pay Trent Brown after, you know, he. we didn't know how good he was going to be in New England. He ends up starting every single game. And, uh, you know, how many times did Tom Brady take – a uh, hard hit because it was Trent Brown's it just didn't really happen, which was, you know, nobody knew what to expect from him. And if I'm Trent Brown, I am taking the most money. And the thing was, he did an interview earlier in the off season. And they were like, Hey, I think it's on Schefter's podcast. And, uh, they he said, was? Hey, are you, are you going to go back to new England? And he was like, eh, you know, we'll cross that bridge. We come to it and listening to it. It basically sounded like him saying, I'm going to take as much money as possible. That's probably not going to, for the Patriots, so probably going to be leaving New England. Um, but if I was a team, I'd definitely pay for Trent Brown. I don't know if I'd pay for anybody else in this class. Mm, I don't think I'd want to pay for Trent. I mean, like, um, I don't think I'd want to pay for Trent Brown, but I would probably be fine if my team gave him a decent contract. 
I don't know if we lost Ryan. Can you see Ryan? Uh, I, sorry, I hit the wrong button. I hit the mute button. Oh, no, you're fine. Like, all of a sudden you disappeared, and, like, I could tell that Breach and I both didn't know if you were here or not. Oh, yeah. I hit the mute button, and I hit the my fat finger also hit yeah, the mute button, too. You got old fat fingers. I don't blame you. All right. Um, yeah, I don't think I'd want to pay for these guys, but I think they will get paid. Darrell Williams, again, has an all-pro season. That'll get you paid. And uh, there are teams like the Bills and the Giants who have four. The Giants and the Bills and the and the uh, Cardinals should sign every one of these players and just pray that one of them works out. Sure, that's not bad. <laughs> but the Giants and the Bills have former Panthers front office guys who helped draft Darrell Williams. So I would get look. Starlo Tatulale got paid when he went up there. The, the you know Kelvin Benjamin they traded a third round pick for him. I mean like. Brandon Bean and Dave Gettleman will pay for these ex-players that they got in Carolina. I would expect Darrell Williams has a robust market. On the defensive side of things, we're going to lump together the um, the edge and the defensive line because it's. I don't think there's a ton of great – there's good value and stuff, but I think the biggest storyline is where does Indomitian Sioux sign? Where could you see Ryan Indomitian Sioux landing in the offseason? One team that's been bandied about, our own Cody Benjamin included him in the landing spots, the Seattle Seahawks could be interesting. Oh, yeah, no, that makes sense. The Patriots are always the first team you come up with just because they'd sign every player that's over the age of 30 and has been up and down in his career prior to that. Uh, yeah, I mean, the, the uh, Seahawks would actually be interesting. But here's the thing about Indomitian Sioux. And we didn't, we saw this actually in LA. He was there. He showed up. He sort of went through the motions until the playoffs. How do we know he's going to be w- willing to play? He didn't play in Miami where he made a ton of money. He played in Detroit for a little bit, showed up every other week in Los Angeles until January and February. What makes you think he's going to show up anywhere except for New England where they'll cut him in week four if he doesn't? Well, that's going to be his agent's pitch. He's going to walk into the front office of some team. Look, my client doesn't have a lot of wear and tear because he takes half the season off. So (laughs) he's got fresh legs. He's ready to play, and he knows this could be his last season, last couple seasons coming up. So we think he'll give 100% every game. We can't promise that because he's never done it in his life, but maybe he will. So, yeah, I think the Seahawks are good. Uh, Talking about – article. I like the Cleveland Browns. Look, they have a ton of money. Put a monster on that defensive line, and all of a sudden, that defense is already good. And you know, is is even though Sud does take his off, he does make. I think he would make any defense he joins better. By the way, adding Indomitian Sue, Odell Beckham to that Browns team—that's <laughs> the quickest way to take them back to fourth place. It really is. It really is. Everyone will pick them to win. Everyone will pick them to win. They will be like a trendy Super Bowl team if they add in Indomitian Sioux and, and Odell Beckham. I'm serious. And they'll win four games. How many people in the media do you think will pick the Browns to win the Super Bowl this year? It'll be some. Yeah, you're looking at the few. I mean. Us? I, I'm going to pick them to make the playoffs. I'm going to pick them to win the division. Yeah. I'll see how far down that road I get. You're not picking them to win the division? I am. And, the, and to yeah. go to the playoffs. Right now, if, if I had to do – Preseason predictions. I would pick them to win, to make the playoffs and win the division. I'm with you. Yeah. We'll see how far beyond that I'm willing to go, but you know. yeah, with the way the talent is now, I couldn't see him being the Chiefs or Patriots in the playoffs, but you know, like Wilson just said, further down the road. Let's kick that can down the road. I don't know if we have enough time to analyze the 2019 NFL season between now and the start of the season, guys. We should definitely do it today. Um, without knowing where anybody goes in the draft or free agency. Right. What about CJ Mosley, Ryan? I mentioned on the rundown. Could he be a candidate to sign with the Steelers? Because this is a I guy. Don't think so. He's a tackling machine. He'd be a good fit. Yeah, they need he can't him. Yeah, play in passing downs. Nope. Last year, I thought Avery Williamson was the best linebacker in free agency, and he signed for a lot of money with the Jets. I think he had a pretty good year. Mm-hmm. So I think it's. And by the way, if the Ravens don't want you, 
probably means you're sort of past your prime. How often do Ravens defenders go somewhere else and, and light the world on fire? That's a good Never. point. That's a good point. So I don't know where he's going to end up, and it's not going to be for as much money as he as he probably is hoping for. I would I would the problem. Well, I guess you don't have to negotiate against the tag if you're if you're talking to CJ Mosley now because you know he didn't get tagged. The fifteen million. I think the Ravens would have kept him if he didn't have that fifteen million dollar guaranteed tag thing hanging over their heads and so now they'll try and bring him back maybe he comes back because he works in their offense and you know they sign honey badger and we look back and this raven and the ravens are, are good again on defense uh, hey I, by the way quickly yeah. sorry to interrupt you if i were the steelers i'd rather have eric weddle who's 34 but our buddy andy benoit at si.com said he spoke to almost two, tw- dozen. two dozen nfl coaches mm-hmm. and to a person they said that eric weddle was the glue that held that defense together made them as good as they were so that's a problem for for the Ravens that he's no longer there. They cut him. Old horse glue. Old horse glue. So wherever he ends up, immediately give that defense a few yeah. extra points well, on defense. I'm right. with you. I think that there's something to be said for adding a even if he's not super. Like, would you rather if you're the he's Ste- still good if you're the Steelers and you need to improve the sound quality of your defense? Like, like do you want to add some fast young player who? Over, I mean, like, I mean, obviously you'd rather have the young talent, but like, if you just add, well, something, they just added him last year in the draft, and people were super angry about right. Carol Edwards. But you throw to Eric Weddle in there, and all of a sudden he can help the younger players get better. He can, he's not going to make mistakes in the back end, and I mean, maybe he's a little bit slower. I think everybody saw that, but I, I'm with and, that. I don't like that. I don't hate that. And how dumb are the Ravens going to look if Carol goes to the Steelers and Mosley goes to the Bengals, and then both those defenses <laughs> just skyrocket up, and the Ravens have the worst defense in the division? That's fireable offense for John Harbaugh, right? I can see the Ravens having the worst team in that division. Yeah, you, you're smoking something. If maybe Zach Robinson was who did they sign? Who do they hire? Who's the who's the who are the Bengals? Zach Taylor, the Bengals coach. Zach Robinson. Who's Zach Robinson? Zach Robinson left PFF to go be uh, Sean McVay's quarterback coach, so he'll get a job as a head coach next year. Oh, he did. Yeah, he's a PFF guy. Wow, yeah. that's that's impressive. Good job. Yeah. So go work for P. That's like Sean McVay is only interviewing PFF guys. That's how hot, like that's how hot PFF is. Is that like right? Sean they're McVay's. the Sean McVay's of the uh, analytics football yeah, world. Yeah, they're the Sean McVay's of football nerds. All right, last group. Oh man, the cornerbacks and the safeties. The safeties. Actually, we're going to split these up. We'll do cornerbacks very quickly um, because to it'll me, take an hour to talk about safeties. The safeties is, class is incredible. To me, this cornerback class is really defined by two things: one, the presence of a lot of big names. Actually, three things: one, the presence of a lot of big names in terms of former first round picks. Uh, Kevin Johnson is out there. Mo Claiborne is out there. He's still only twenty nine somehow. Uh, Kareem Jackson, thirty one, is out there. Darquez Denard, a former first round pick. Bradley Roby, a former first round pick. Uh, Jason Verrett, a former first round pick. There's a lot of talented names out there. Young, they didn't work out. Eric Rowe is out there. Um, uh, more importantly, I think you have some nickel guys in Darquez Denard and Bryce Callahan from the Bears, who was very good for the Bears last year, that are really worth signing considering how often teams operate in the nickel. And if you can get those guys on like a decently cheap deal, that's going to be a real, you're going to end up improving your defense a significant amount. Um, and then the third thing is that to me, there are a couple guys out here, Ronald Darby, who's only 25, um, and Jason Verrett, who I'm, both the guys I mentioned, who are, who are uh, Verrett's just 27, who've had injury histories. I would take a cheap gamble on either one of those guys and hope that you get 16 games from them because if you do, it's an all-pro situation. 
Yeah, and Darby's coming off an ACL. Verrett, he can't, I don't think he's played a full season. But I, you know, I mentioned the Redskins training staff. I think the Chargers training staff is terrible too. I like, I, there's something to that. They're, every year they're beset by injuries. Like, it's, he's little though. That's the other issue. It's not like yeah, he's a big hulky. But he can play outside and inside. No, yeah, can. I mean, for the right price, sure. Why not? See what happens. I think Which it's is, a one year, seven million dollar contract. How about that? That's what he gave Honey Badger. That's a lot. One year, five million? I'd do that, but he wouldn't. I think he would. He might have to. I mean, look, he, his injuries were a problem for him coming out of college at TCU, so he might just have to deal with it. Um, yeah, again, a lot of first-round names out there. Big, big names, but not as big as the safety market, John. Landon- oh, wait, I want to see Brent Grimes sign with the Patriots because his wife gives all the inside info from the locker room. Imagine that. That's, that would, that's my dream signing. That would be a incredible signing. Uh, Mika, Miko. <laughs> is it Miko or Mika? Miko. I think it's Miko. Miko. She scares the crap out of me. Like, 